You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 626. We literally have sellers tell us all the time, hey, I was talking to company X in town, but your reviews were better, so I'm going to take your offer. So it's kind of one of those like, when you build a brand, there's responsibility. If you do it right, it's your biggest asset. If you do it wrong, you're screwed. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. As always, thanks for hanging out with us today. Man, I like to bring you guys some practical stuff. I like the type of podcast, like when I get off of it, there's like two or three things that I wrote down that I'm like, I can't wait to get into the office tomorrow because I know these are actionable items. That's what you're going to get today. And you're going to get it around direct mail. Like, you're like Chris, direct mail, you're always talking radio. Well, I got my boy, good buddy of mine, and literally one of the smartest marketing guys I know. He's, he's a multiplier's brother. One of the main reasons we brought him in, other than the fact that I just love this guy to death, and that is Ryan Dossie. And dude, he knows direct mail backwards and forwards. And I was like, Ryan, let's do a podcast for 2021 and kind of the topic being like, how do you make direct mail work in 2021? And Ryan's like, I'm all over this. Let's do it. Let's add some value to the tribe. So Ryan, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the show, man. What's up, man? Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm pumped. Well, dude, for those that don't know Ryan Dossie, I know a lot of people do. Give us a quick snapshot. Where are you at? How long have you been in the game? Like, What are your credentials, man? Good question. I think I started back in like 2014 or 15. Like most people, it was kind of like the whole side hustle deal. I was making like 22 grand a year pre-tax at my W-2. So I got to a point that I was just like, okay, screw this. Uh, My first deal, I made like 10 grand. I had a partner on that one and kind of realized like, I just made six months of my life in three hours. What am I doing? And I've been kind of hooked ever since. So... I uh, went full-time in 2016. Uh, it was a super rough year. I think I did six deals. 2017, I did 74 deals and kept four rentals. Come on now. That's what you call a quick scale right there. Yeah. you know, I was, I was bored with those, like, those little checks. And then between 18 and 19, we closed on right at like 150 units. Um, 130 of those were in Indianapolis, another 10 in St. Louis, another 10 in Louisville, Kentucky. And then we buy and sell probably five to 10 properties a month right now as well. And the reason I love Ryan is, I mean, you hear those numbers, Ryan's an outlier. He's somebody that you look at and go, that's not the normal trajectory. And so when I find an outlier like that, again, Tim Ferriss talks a lot about this. You know, When you go to achieve something, don't find what everyone's doing, find the anomalies. And one of the things I love about Ryan is just an absolute anomaly. And you'll find... It's because of the way he thinks, man. This guy just geeks out on marketing, which I love. I'm a nerd. <laughs> You're a cool nerd for sure, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you are, man. Again, if you want to see us, as always, put a face with the name, go to uh, YouTube, subscribe to Chris on Real Estate, and you can actually watch as well today. So let's hop in, man. Let's get to the meat of this. I want some actionable items, some stuff that I could apply to my direct mail. And yes, 
If you're listening, uh, we do direct mail still, even though I'm a huge radio fan. Direct mail is one of the five marketing channels that we have kept. So let's talk about this one. Let's come out of the gates, Brian, on this one. Number one is, you know, putting your brand on your direct mail. Ooh, that's not talked about a lot, right? Actually putting your brand on there. Let's talk about this nugget and why. Yeah. So I actually get a kick out of, there's a lot of guys that are kind of loud that like to like, oh, you should never do branded direct mail. People want to work with like small individual businesses and stuff. And I think that uh, was the case until like Amazon and Yelp came along. And like people are checking reviews on toilet paper. You don't think they want to know if the guy who's going to buy their house is legit or not. We literally have sellers tell us all the time, hey, I was talking to company X in town, but your reviews were better, so I'm going to take your offer. So it's kind of one of those like, when you build a brand, there's responsibility. If you do it right, it's your biggest asset. If you do it wrong, you're screwed. (laughs) Like if you're not taking care of people, you're not doing what you're saying you're going to do, those reviews stack up real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So you think it's important to pick up those reviews. Now, what about some that might argue the other side and go, hey, you know, there's people that receive these uh, pieces of direct mail and they're not happy to receive them in the mailbox. And now I'm attaching my company name to that. How do you feel about that? So I've sent in Indianapolis, I would say probably three quarters of a million to a million pieces of mail in the five or six years I've been there. I've had one bad review over somebody that didn't like getting a letter. So where people and normally... You know, half those people will call in and tell you how much they despise your direct mail. They actually won't go in and do anything online. Like there's that big of a gap. Between so here's, here's why people give bad reviews. And this is, um, I did a video on this, but you've got to actually take people off the list when they tell you to take them off the list. So when somebody calls in and says, hey, remove me, um, I use Resimply as my CRM. Every new mail campaign, I export out anybody who's interacted with my company and scrub all of those property addresses from my list. So I'm not remailing people who call me and say, hey, you know, go to hell for sending me this. Like, I'm not going to send that guy five more pieces like my competitors are. A lot of investors are like, oh, you can't really take people off the list. I mean, you're wasting a ton of money if you're not taking people off the list. But people only take the time to go leave a bad review. If they're real fired up, they get a piece of mail and they're upset about it. Okay. They get five from you. Oh, they're angry. <laughs> so so you're managing really the frustration level by actually listening to people. And it sounds like from the overall list, you're doing a good job of pulling people off that don't want to be on there and continuing to work that list where I think most people are probably too lazy to do that, <laughs> to be honest with you. Dude, it takes like, you know, I mean, like my, my company name's not on there. So what do I care? So In the event that you are utilizing it for branding, make sure that you're listening to the people that are responding back. Well, and I think people don't even realize, even if you don't market branded, there's websites where people can leave reviews about phone numbers. So like Google your phone numbers, see what comes up. You know, there might be a bunch of people that are like, yeah, you know, these guys won't stop sending me letters. And you might think people aren't going to Google you when they get a letter. Trust me, they are. They're Googling your phone number, the name. They're trying to figure out who this is especially if you're using the stuff that's like a little shady, right? The like final expiring notice type stuff. They're like, all right, who's this a-hole, right? So people are going to look. All right. Hey, man, it's contrarian, right? So if you guys are listening in, uh, you know, Ryan, again, Ryan's an outlier, right? He's usually going to come in through the back door from what most people do. So definitely something to consider. Now, let's go to number two here. I think, you know, this is potentially a no-brainer. I love it. 
So we're talking about, you know, the direct mail card itself. Now, you, what you're doing on here is what you're calling flick me a text. So let's talk about this. This is an interesting piece to add on your direct mail postcard. Yeah, so this actually came from uh, one of my clients. I would love to pretend that I'm the only one who has good ideas, but one of my it clients... It don't matter, like, man. You don't have to be the originator, man. Uh, great ideas he was like, great. bro, this works. So one of the things we've started adding in, if you're using inbound numbers, like ours go through Resimply. I don't know who you recommend, Chris. Yeah, but we, we love Resimply. So as you say that, anyone listening knows perfect. that we really value that as a CRM. So as people text or call in, those leads come in either way. So what you'll find is like different people respond to different things. So like, for instance, I mentioned putting my website on my mail. Over 33% of my leads get a piece of direct mail, go to my website and check me out, and then fill out a form or call the tracking number that's on my website. They're not just calling straight off that letter. So you're going to have people that picking up the phone is intimidating, but they'll flick a text or they'll go to the website and fill out a form. So you just kind of give people other options. And if you don't say, hey, you can flick me a text, they're not going to think to do that. So that's another good way to potentially pull I agree. I got to be honest with you. It probably wouldn't cross my mind if I received a postcard to text that number. Never. I'd probably assume I couldn't. For no, I wouldn't reason. text Geico, right? Like I get a letter like, <laughs> oh, yo, what's this cost? Like, no. So yeah. And what's some data that you've seen around this that you could kind of share on the value of adding that? Like, I'm sure you're getting more inbound opportunities, but what type of metrics um, have you been able to track with this? Yeah, so this is pretty new for us. But what we've seen is about a 20% increase in the existing response. So if you're getting a 1%, you're at a 1.2. If you're getting a one and a half, you're at a 1.8. 20% bump is not bad for simply adding a line at under the phone number. This is, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. No, and I'm not going to lie. It feels real good when you buy a house strictly through text that you've never talked to the person on the phone. We bought two duplexes from a guy that texted in and was like, you know, okay, here's the addresses. Give me your offer. I was like, boom, this. He was like, all right. Uh, you know, here's how you get keys from my property manager, contract signed, signed, closed. Never even talked to the dude. I was like, that was glorious. Man, if every deal could be done like that. Oh, dude, it'd be great. (laughs) Well, man, let's go to another point. That's a great one right there. So if you're listening, you know, you told me that and I was like, I can go back and tell my team that didn't even cross my mind. Excellent nugget. So, okay. I think most people are listening, Ryan they are going to send uh, these calls to voicemail. Because again, over half of those calls, right? Or hate calls or, you know, I'm listening, I'm working a nine to five or whatever that looks like. I just don't have time to like manage the backside of this. But you want to challenge that on going live answer on this. So talk to us through this. Convince us. What data do you have? I mean, it's really pretty easy. Like you can't have a company that has a bad customer experience and expect for it to go well. That's something I actually got from Facebook. Facebook is huge. And one of their big focuses is the customer experience. So when it comes to like the direct mail piece or Facebook ads or Google ads, whatever it is you're doing to generate traffic, when you say, give me a call and then don't pick up the phone, they feel like slighted. Like you asked me to call you, Chris, I called you and then you didn't pick up. I don't know if you've ever done that with a buddy. Like, hey, they text you, call me, you call them and they don't answer. You're like, what an idiot, right? You just asked me to call you. Sellers are the same way. And I think what's different that we've seen in my personal business 
you can like be downright abusive as far as a business goes, like make people listen to your seven minute recording before they get to the press two to get over to like, whatever you can have them go through all this stuff. The deals that I get are typically nicer properties than what most people are getting because I'm getting affluent people that want to trade equity for an easy transaction. And those kinds of people aren't going to jump through the hoops. Hey, you called me or you sent me a letter, Chris, what's your offer? You don't pick up. We pick up. Hey, here's the process. Let me come on out. We hear from sellers all the time. Like, yeah, I called three, four people in town. You guys are the only ones who even answered the phone. So, um, so you feel like the juice is worth the squeeze on that of dealing with the headache of the people that are haters calling in because of the upside on the deals that you're going to get if you do answer these calls live. So let me be blunt. I don't take my own phone calls, my own call porter for anybody who doesn't know. We take inbound calls for investors. But like a lot of guys, we've got some guys in multipliers that are clients. They'll like, I'm going to have my acquisitions manager take my calls. A closer's best use of time isn't being told where to go stick it 33% of the time. Oh, totally agree. That's why we never sent those calls directly to our acquisition managers. We always had a pre-screener or pre-qualifier. Well, and I would say mindset is huge. So if you're like a solopreneur, having one out of three people tell you to go to hell is going to grate you down no matter how tough you pretend to be. You're going to start to like prejudge and, oh, this guy sounds like that guy. So whether it's my company, somebody else's company, or an employee you hire, you've got to take them live. And ideally, you don't want your person who's making the offers even being involved in that process because otherwise they're going to prejudge stuff and miss deals. Totally agree. Okay, so what are my options here? I'm listening going, okay, Ryan, you got me. I need to take these calls live, but you've also convinced me I don't want to do it myself. And maybe you didn't even convince me. Like the first thing I thought is no way I'm taking those calls. It was horrible. So I worked in call centers. What are the options years. that somebody has for this process so that they don't have to do that themselves? I mean, there's tons of answering services that are out there. Call Porter's ours. There's like Call Ruby, Pat Live. The other option is hiring your own staff to do it. That was how I actually started our answering service. I hired one girl to take my calls, but then like couldn't justify the cost of paying somebody $3,000 a month to take my 40 calls that I had at the time. So hired a couple more people, took calls for buddies, and then it kind of grew from there. So you can go that route. I've got a friend of mine that has a VA that takes his calls. I don't super love like the VA route because... I don't know about your market, dude. People in my market are racist as all get out. If they even like get a, a hint that somebody's not American or not local, they'll like rip their throat open. So, you know, if you're going to hire somebody else to do it, hire an expat. If you're going to go like the VA route or hire somebody that sounds like they're in the U.S. or is even in the U.S. would be yeah. my recommendation. Uh, I mean, I agree with you from the fact of going live. And so our solution to that is we have in-house people that fundamentally do what you would do for something like uh, call Porter. But if you listen, I would tell you like, Hire someone in-house. If you don't, then I think a great alternative to that, if you're like, dude, I don't want to hire someone, train them, manage them, then kick it over to Ryan's company, like Call Porter, and go that route. And again, numerous companies that do this. So Call Porter is definitely an option. Again, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense financially for most people when they're starting out to have an employee that's... I mean, to have somebody good, you're 12, 15 bucks an hour. Like... You don't really want to throw $2,000 a month at that if your marketing budget's $3,000. I'd rather you do more direct-to-seller stuff and, and less on the back end. Absolutely, man. So process that out. But Ryan's providing a good, I think, solution there. But totally agree on my... And it's funny. I was telling you before the call, I had Don Costa 
on here. Obviously, Don's the man, the myth, the legend. And he brought up the same point. He said on all his direct mail, he's answering these things live. And he said, man, I think people have just seen this backwards for a long time by shooting it all to voicemail. So you're the second person that's come on, I'd say, in the last two months on this uh, podcast that's gave that same point, which I think is great. So cool. Let's go into um, kind of a practical thing here, right, on list building. I want to talk a little bit about duplicates. You've got an interesting perspective here. And again, if you listen, the thing I like about Ryan is like he can get really granular on stuff. This is why he's really good. But I'm like, trying to keep it practical. <laughs> I know, but you will like tear it down to like the studs, which I love. And then he'll be like, hey, here's like a small, practical, granular thing that you can do. And we're going to get one of those that can make a really big difference on whether or not you get a deal. So let's talk about duplicates, what most people do and what they should do for 2021 if they want their direct mail to be effective. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's direct mail, it's cold calling, it's texting, it's any form of prospecting you're doing. Most people are buying a list from like a list source or a prop stream or something. On list source, there's a button that says remove duplicates, which if somebody owns 10 properties, it's picking one. How do we know that's the one they want to sell? So what we do that makes us stand out from everybody else in our market, if I've got somebody who owns, say, three properties, instead of me just picking one or marketing to them separately on all three, we're going to have a VA go through or use a software to go through and merge those down. So instead of me having one guy with 10 properties, so he's in my list 10 times, I've got one guy with one long column of all the properties he owns. You've got somebody who say owns three properties and you send them a, Hey, I'm interested in your properties on you know Poplar, Maine and Elm Street. Give me a call if you're interested in selling for cash. You now look smarter, savvier, and like you know what's going on more than any other person who's ever sent that guy a letter because everybody else is picking a random one or mailing this one guy on all three. Yeah. Dude, when you hear something like that, it's just one of those small, you know, practicalities that gets overlooked. And you hear it and you go, that makes sense. If I got a lot of direct mail and everybody, it's like calling me by the wrong name. <laughs> but a direct mail, everyone's calling me Mike and my name is John. And then finally one letter comes through and it says, I'm like, at least these guys, you know, know who they're talking to. So I can yeah, see. I got two other practicals that I didn't actually even tell you before we hopped on. Call out the asset type. So if you're marketing to condos, I want to buy your condo at address instead of just property. Love that. Same thing with like duplex, triplex, quad. And then when we get into apartments, we'll call it your apartment or your buildings if it's a larger facility. So again, most people are marketing to duplexes with a, hey, I want to buy your property or triplexes. I know back when I started, I would do one through four units and send them all the same copy. We'll now segment it into, I want to buy your condo, Chris, or your duplex or triplex. So you can do that. And then the third and final one is make sure you merge multiple property owners. So if Chris and Charlene own a property together, and I just mail Charlene and Chris get the mail, Chris is bitter. I'm like, I own this property too. So we'll take the time to go through and merge Chris and Charlene. That way the letter comes addressed to both people. That way, if either of them open it, they feel like it's to them and not like they open the other person's mail. I love it, man. And I, I want to step back here because for those that are listening, I, I want to address something and I think it's a really important principle and something that Ryan is modeling for all of us right now. And as I see people come in and they, you know, Ryan, they start a marketing channel. And they get basically good at it. And then they go launch the second and the third and fourth. And before you know it, they're half-assing a bunch of different marketing channels and honestly complaining about how they don't work. 
I just want you to listen to the detail of how far Ryan is taking his understanding of direct mail and understand that this is how a marketing person thinks. They literally will go down every rabbit trail, you know, every potential option, split testing, all those type of things. And you can just hear Ryan's expertise around this. And I feel like for a lot of us, you know, listening, and this is even a good reminder for myself, this is what it sounds like to really get granular on something and become really great at it. And so, but that's why you're doing so well with direct mail, because yeah. you have put this time and attention on it, which I love. So Matt props to you, but I think there's uh, some modeling that you're doing for us, which is great. So let's go to this last piece, right? I want to talk about a couple lists that those listening, you know, should consider for 2021 might have overlooked, but hey, I'm pulling some lists. Ryan, dude, you know what you're talking about. Tell me a couple lists here. Like, get me on the cutting edge of maybe what I should consider for 2021. What would those be? Yeah. So, one that I'm doing that I mail every single month is individuals that are absentee. So, no trusts, no companies. And then PropStream actually lets you filter by the number of properties they own. So I'll do absentee-owned properties owned by individuals who own less than three properties in like Indianapolis, which is a million plus people. That's only like 13,000 people. So that's a pretty good subset of people that like... These aren't super skilled landlords. A lot of these are mom and pop type folks. So that's one list that I'm absolutely loving. Second one that I didn't tell you about either, and this is my absolute favorite mailing list, is like the Vinyl Village properties. So if anybody like follows me on socials, you'll notice I often share these really nice properties we're buying. And that's because that's what I'm targeting. So I'll do properties built 1989 or newer, 1,000 square feet or more, three bedrooms or more, one and a half baths or more with a 35 to 100% equity range. And that gets us kind of that nice, every flipper, every landlord, every tenant wants it asset, or then it's like shooting fish in a barrel when it comes to monetizing that opportunity. Okay. Now you had mentioned a third. I know I said two, and then you kind of slipped one in there. Do you still want to hit on that expired MLS list? Refresh my memory. What was the third one? It was uh, expired MLS. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of a smart <laughs> I, got, I got more nuggets here. I can't even keep up with them. That's Dude, we still have one big one you missed that I'm going to bring back up. But I'm kind of a smart ass when it comes to like just life in general. So my favorite thing with expired listings... It's a prop stream list, expired MLS listings with equity, and you can add in your property type and all that. But what does everybody say when you give them an offer that's lower than what they want? Well, I'm just going to list it. And I'll just like, how'd that work for you last time? (laughs) Right? Like, I have the trump card ready. And then they're like, yeah, you're right. It didn't work. And I'm like, okay, cool. Did you have a counter in mind? So it makes it like a really easy transition into getting that deal. We pull deals from that list all the time. Man, I love it. Just some great practical lists, man, to consider right there. I guarantee people listening haven't thought of a couple of those. So, uh, can I nerd out for like two seconds? Yeah, I was about to say, I was going to let you go, like, come on with this last point because I know you got one. If, if you're listening and we're doing video right now, he's like rubbing, rubbing my hands, like Mr. Miyagi, like he's a <laughs> so What do you got? So, this is how I've built all of my companies. And I think what's contributed to most of my deals, I'm not going to give the specifics. I just want to give the concept so people's like kind of the wheels get turning. The other reason we market branded is once somebody lands on my website, I'm then able to remarket to them digitally. So, when I'm marketing to somebody, they get a piece of mail, whether they call me or not. If they go to my website, they click on my Facebook page, they interact with me digitally at all. 
I'm then adding them to value add retargeting campaigns where they're seeing me and my staff at the closing table, us walking through projects. I have over a hundred pieces of copy written designed to add value. So like, I feel like a lot of investors are like the skeezy guy at prom that's like, hey, come home with me. Our approach is more like, hey, you look nice tonight and we're going to hit you with like 300 other compliments first. So when we go to meet with sellers, there's almost this like celebrity shell shock of like, oh my gosh, you're the guy from the internet because they've seen all of the ads from that have my acquisition staff in them. So on top of that, if a letter costs me a dollar, I can get back in front of somebody digitally for a few pennies. A typical seller, when they start to engage with my company, is going to see me anywhere from two to 300 times in the first 30 days. They know who I am. They know what I do versus my competition that's like, oh, I really hope they call off this one Hail Mary expired notice picture postcard, right? So, whew, there we go. Dude, love it. Absolutely love it, man. Absolutely love it. So I'm listening, right? I'm like, dude, this Ryan Katz kind of cool. I like this guy. If people want to just follow you, again, everybody loves free info. Like, where can they follow you? Are you an IG guy, YouTube guy? Instagram. Yeah, Instagram all day long. Instagram and YouTube. But I'm I'm super active. Kind of my thought is if I'm going to be online, I should be reachable. So if folks have questions, feel free to hit me up online. That's cool. And a couple of things you gave as nuggets today, people might be interested in circling back around. First of all, if they're interested in call Porter, they're like, hey, I've been trying to find a good third-party company to send this to. How, where do they find that at? Yeah, literally just callporter.com. Um, we're actually in the process of redoing our website and our pricing is actually cheaper than it currently is on there. So okay. just schedule a free demo with our staff and we'll get you squared away. Cool. And then I know you run Ballpoint as well. So I want to make sure I hit on that because um, one of the other reasons you're really good at direct mail is because you help people do direct mail if yeah. they want to outsource it. So if I'm listening going, dude, this Ryan guy, I'd like for him to take over my campaigns. I don't feel like messing with this myself. How do they find you there? At yeah. So ballpointmarketing.com or if you follow me personally, I, I share stuff from them all the time. But What's different is these aren't like printed. Uh, we have robots that physically hold the pens and handwrite in cursive. So it's smears. You it, it, it was just showing me video of this, by the way, which was super cool to see. It's, it's real cool. I'm not going to lie. Writing on these letters. It was really cool. Yeah. So that, I mean, that like you can get all the other points right, but you've got to send something that's different from what other people are doing. So we'll even do like full color custom for the market for the client. But We'll have sellers call us that are like, I'm a retired school teacher and I don't want to sell my house, but your handwriting sure is pretty. And it's like, gee, thanks. <laughs> right? Don't have the heart to tell them it's a, a robot in a warehouse. A robot. That's great, man. And one of the cool things, one of the postcards you showed me, like the thing I like about you doing is like, everyone sends a yellow, pink, blue, whatever postcard. Like you're utilizing like comic, like a comic book type postcard, like they're super well designed. They're super catchy. And dude, like if it came in a mailbox, it would stick out among yep. everything because it's bright, it's cartoonish, it's colorful. And so maybe hit on that just real quickly because I thought that was cool to see that you guys are doing the comic type stuff. Yeah. So we wanted something that was different where we could highlight the various benefits of working with an investor. So it's like a seven postcard sequence. But the funny thing that I normally get with that is like, oh, seniors aren't going to like this. Comics were like popular in the 40s and 50s. Like that was their heyday. Now with Marvel, everybody's into comics. It's kind of funny because one of our like postcard images is this girl that kind of looks like Katy Perry. And uh, one of our clients is like, she's too sexy. This isn't, people are not going to like this. 
people love it just because it's so different than anything else they're getting that it it stands out. And that was really our goal. We want it to be something that somebody gets and they're like, hmm, I haven't seen this before. And that and that's what we're getting. That's cool, man. Well, Ryan, bro, appreciate your time. You came in. Again, our goal is always to, you know, the tribe to bring you guys just, I'm a practical guy. I want to finish a podcast and be like, I can implement that. I can research that. Ooh, that was some really good food for thought. Let me process that. And so, uh, Ryan, you brought it today. So, man, so much appreciated. So, thanks for coming on, buddy. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Of course, man. We might have to do this again. So, I know there's a lot of value that was added. And to the rest of you guys, as always, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, we will catch you soon when we add more value. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.